Hey, good day, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream. I am your host, Jeff Freeman, and today I am delighted to have returning to our show today from Lost Village of the Knights Templar, we have Carl Cookson and Hamilton White. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi, Jeff. Hello. Hi, gents. Hey, Jeff. And hey, Carl. Hey, Hamilton. From, <laughs> also from the uh, the group, the Team Templar North America, we have the lead researcher and the founder of that group, Wayne Murphy. Welcome, Wayne. Welcome, Jeff. Um, Welcome, everyone. So uh, basically, it's it's really nice to have you guys come back. As we have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, they uh, have been on here before. We had Carl and um, Hamilton join us and talked about uh, their show on the discovery channel the lost relics of the knights templar and they went over a lot of the the horde that they have of these relics that are believed to be of the knights templar and as you know the knights templar was founded in the 12th century um and then after they were disbanded and rounded up and many of them killed um that treasure kind of disappeared and now they have found many of the things that kind of lead back to that um, that we hope are, you know, that they've done a lot of research with over the years. Um, but I would like to start just a little bit of an introduction. We did have on the show before, uh, we kind of got into it more in depth and everybody can go and certainly go watch those on YouTube or on our Facebook page or Twitch. They're all out there. The show we had before, I think that was on March 13th. Um, but I'd like to start off with a little bit of an introduction. We'll start with Hamilton. Hamilton, uh, um, you got started in collecting, I guess, with a, it started with a coin you had, an old ancient coin from like, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Edward the First or something like that? Uh, not exactly. I mean, that was the first thing I actually purchased with my pocket money when I was about, oh, okay. God knows, seven or eight or something. Mm -hmm. But before that, I was picking up stones and pebbles and just anything that anything I could have free of charge because I hadn't got any money. I know it's an obsession. Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? That's like nearly 50 years ago, Jeff. 50 years ago. Can you believe it? Yeah. Well, I know we can see some of the stuff behind you. So there's you've got quite the uh, quite the uh, elaborate collection. I, of I'm, I'm fondling my Templar sword as we Look speak. Sorry, guys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's the... I know. Yeah. That's, one of the uh, that's one of the relics right there that you yeah. guys want to hear about here in just a little bit. Um, Carl, you know, with you, you, you got started uh, dealing in cars and property, I think, or something like that, right? Well, I, I went to 12 schools when I was a kid because my dad was a merchant seaman and we kept moving the house to get, you know, to go up the food chain. And I, I think um, by the time I left school, I didn't have what you call any decent qualifications to get a job. So my my uh, my only form of employment was my own volition to do my own business, and and really, you know, I started off, you know, dealing in it, like Hamilton with very very small, meaningless things, you know, but always with with passion. I was very interested in motorbikes at first, but mm -hmm. I just became a little bit of a wheeler dealer and worked up. I eventually <laughs> ended up in. Uh, quite high-end classic car trading um, in the late 80s. And that was that was really the start of making some proper money. And he's he, you know, too he, modest. He's top of the tree. <laughs> he really is. 
<laughs> I love the interaction between you guys have known each other for a while. Uh, and before we, I, I want to let Wayne kind of get a chance here too. Wayne, uh, uh, and and of course you are the founder and also the lead researcher on uh, Team Templar North America. Um, and you kind of you have a big background in game warden and law enforcement. Is that correct? Yes, I started off as a federal game warden on our mm -hmm. reservation. Spent several years there, and I went to the sheriff's department. Uh, spent several years there. Um, then I went to Milwaukee, city of Milwaukee, in 1980. And um, 25 years of service down there. Left as a sergeant. Could have made lieutenant, but I didn't want to go back nights. Every time you get promoted, they send you back to midnight. <laughs> I was tired of that. Um, yeah, then I after I retired, um, did some did some work for the county and. Uh, then took a job for the state of Wisconsin as a welfare fraud investigator. Did that for about three to four years. Then I took a job with the uh, Department of Corrections. I was a violent sexual offender supervisor and um, traveled the state. And my tank was a little runneth over by then with uh, people, certain types of people. And I, uh, I decided that was enough. Yeah, that would certainly wear on you after a while. I would, I would imagine, um, for sure. Um, and it gets, so let's let's jump into back to um, the uh, lost relics of the Knights Templar uh, with um, Carl and Hamilton. Um, now, you guys, you know, you've known each other for quite a few years, but you met like in Monaco or somewhere. You where did how did that all come about? Uh, we accidentally found ourselves in a pub one day. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter where you go in the world. There's always an English bar or an Irish bar. And yep. expats out in the pub. So that was that was the meeting place where everybody got to know anyone, didn't they? Yep, completely. Yeah, it was a it was a funny world. It was like being in a kind of I don't know, like a Disneyland for adults, where you couldn't really kind of get your head around it. And is it real? Is it not? I don't really know. But we live here. Let's just go with it. It was great, great times. It really was fantastic. And you guys, no, I was, I was, uh, we was we was having coffee one day in the Café de Paris in Casino Square and Hamilton said, said oh you've got a house haven't you up in Bordeaux somebody told me I said yeah it's um it was originally built in the 11th century it was a Knights Templar commandery and that pipped your ears up didn't it really at that totally point. yeah absolutely fascinating yeah brilliant and I invited so, myself it didn't matter yeah, whether I was invited or I just told him I was coming <laughs> Yeah, it, was, it wasn't only the the actual house, it was just the village it was in, a place called Orbitaire, which predates the Templars by, you know, it goes back to the perhaps pre-Roman. It's just a wonderful atmospheric place and, you know, as soon as you rolled into it, it just felt great, didn't it? The atmosphere, well, that's why you bought the place, wasn't it? It's wonderful. It was beyond that. It, it, was, it was almost a sort of strange, surreal, esoteric feeling about the place. I, I arrived in my car after about a 12-hour drive from England. Just by chance, I ended up pulled into this square 
went into the Hotel de Paris, the, sorry, the Hotel de France and ordered a coffee and a cognac and I'm sitting outside and, you know, it was like everything just zoned in and I just thought, wow, this this place feels so right. I, I just couldn't explain it. It just felt like coming home <laughs> to somewhere where it was perfect. And it was, it was the most, it was the start of an amazing, amazing journey, wasn't it? Completely. I mean, I was the same. I mean, I the first time I went up there, I came with a couple of other guys that Carl had invited. And it was, I mean, you just rolled in and walked around the place. And it was just, you felt at home immediately, the atmosphere, just everything about it. It was like just going back in time, wasn't it? I mean, it's laid back. Oh, superb. Fabulous place. Absolutely glorious. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, 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 we started talking. That really was the, the, the moment, really, when we started exploring the Templars together as a... That's a what I was going to ask next, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. That, that's where the whole... the whole. Uh, now, did you guys have a, a little bit of an interest in the Knights Templar prior to this that kind of this fed into it, or how did that come about? Well, I think Hamilton certainly did. I, I've always been interested in medieval history and times but uh, it was a long time since i'd actually immersed myself back into that 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 window of uh, history you know and, and hamilton sort of started talking and i i, I was like his uh, his apprentice in many ways asking questions and he had all the answers so it was great it was like having a, a professor on you <laughs> You know, professor on hand, pre-Google pre and Siri days. Uh, yeah, that, that's it, because this is going back quite a few years before the whole Templar Horde thing actually started to happen. Mm -hmm. And it was just, well, Carl owned the house, and like, whoa, this is something I've been looking at for 20-odd years and it was it was just like living a bit of history and we met some other people in the village who seemed very tuned into ancient history and people started telling us about the tunnels that were going under the town and right, yeah. there was some wasn't one of the rooms or something in your place that had a blocked up entry is that right i don't remember yeah, right. in the on the lower ground floor there was, I, I was told this by the previous owner that there was a originally a tunnel uh, that went from there under the road, out the house under the road, and down to the former old chateau, which is actually above this famous historic site called uh, the Eglise Monolith, and it's it's actually a cathedral carved out of stone in the rock, uh, and the actual altar is actually actually hewn out of the rock in situ. Um, so the house originally had that tunnel there, but in World War Two. It was um, occupied by the uh, Gestapo. Uh, oh, wow. did in a lot of in a lot of places in France, and apparently wow. they blew they blew the tunnels up um, because they didn't want resistance. Obviously, waiting for a fine opportunity to put some right. explosives underneath them. Wow. You know, do, do, do what was necessary. <laughs> so the, the house has had some serious. Um, Serious, you know, events around it. Originally, it was a Knights Templar commandery. Then it became a monastery. Then wow. a convent. And latterly, in in the most sort in a sort of a ecclesiastical world, it was it was known as Le Logis des Cordeliers, 
And I, I, I didn't know what this meant, but it turns out the cordilleras were the ones you made, the, the cords, you know, the rope that mm -hmm. wraps around the waist of the monks' habits. Okay. And I said, well, okay. And, and he said, yeah, but you know why they wrap the, the cord around the waist of the monks' habits? I said, no. He said, it's to separate the brain with what goes on below the, the, the cord. <laughs> I found that fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so that. Then the house was, um, it'd been all sorts, it'd been a, a boys' school. It was, it was Valerie Stang, Giscard Stang, Giscard Stang had stayed there. One of Napoleon's marshals had stayed there. So it was quite an eminent place. When I bought it, it was a little bit tired, wasn't it? And I kind of spent six, seven years, you know, putting it in nice order. Mm. And we had a great time, you know, doing it. The mm. place was magical, and I kind of miss it now, you know. It was it was the kind of sociable house, wasn't it? Where after the pub, everybody would roll up, and twenty or thirty people could just sit outside and chat for hours. Especially it was, it was, if I was buying all the drinks. Oh, yeah. Well, clearly, if you were paying for it, that was brilliant. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> I would have come by then. Yeah. Which, which, was, which was all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I bought, you a, I bought you a pizza, you ungrateful oaf. Oh, see? <laughs> well, guess what? You can get some good wine for small money there. And... And I had the money to do it at the time, so it was a real privilege and a pleasure to be able to to do that and have that lifestyle. You know, it seems wild now, but it was an amazing experience. Yeah. You 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 ended up with all seven bottles of my Mouton Rothschild. Uh, yeah, I swapped. I, you know, I happened. I had a, a bought a. Have you heard of the Cit Citroen two CV? It's called a De Chevaux in in France. And it's this little French car. It's almost like a, a VW Beetle in style. So I was in the bar down in the town one night, and this guy said, oh, I've got a dish of for sale. So I said, oh, I'll have it. So I bought it, and I left it there. And in the morning, I went to pick it up. I started it up, and it, it virtually wouldn't go up the hill. It was that feeble. So I parked, parked it. I got it home, and I parked it. And he come, he come down one trip, and he said, Oh, I like that. He said, would you have the swap? I said, what have you got? He goes, I've got some uh, Chateau Mouton Rothschild. I said, Terrible hey, idea. He said, eight bottles. I said, yeah, I'll have a deal. <laughs> I think I'm on top now, aren't I? On value. <laughs> he only ended up with seven because I drank one of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm still at the drop them. Got those bottles oh, God. And I never got the Citroen as far as I know. It's still in France, isn't it? I've never seen it since. <laughs> well, you, you didn't come up for it. And eventually, I think somebody went to sell the house. They had to move it. And you know what happens in France. I do. Tell me about it. I'll share the wine with you one day. Don't worry. You'll get hmm. You'll get cool. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, that that's how we function. I mean, it probably doesn't make any sense, but it's just like, oh, whatever. I don't know. I can't be bothered to try and sort it out. My head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a hilarious story. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what we're gonna get. You know, this is great. I, I love this background stuff. This is fantastic. Well, that's great.
I mean, what we try and do, Jeff, we, we try and put across the impression that we're serious professionals and we know what we're doing, not a pair of wasters. <laughs> well, you got, you, got your, you got your, yeah, you got your television persona and then you got your real life, right? So, yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, actually, the television isn't a persona. It is us. It's, I we're not acting or doing anything. It's just that uh, it's probably a bit more controlled, you know, the output. Um, right. But we, we, we try to be as as, as normal as well. we are, as normal as we are here. It's, well, it's just when, yeah, uh, when you put hmm. a narrator's voice over it and you've got fancy music blasting out the background, it sounds like, you know, this magical world, but... It's me and him having to do a job, and it's good. We've had some good fun doing it, haven't we? I don't know. I'm not in series two. They've edited me out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, you know what? We'll just go down the pub and sort it out down there. We we can have some absolutely tremendous rows occasionally, but then it's like, oh, you know what? Let's go have a pint. Yeah, it'll be all right. Don't worry. Yeah, about the it. pub sorts it out, doesn't it? Yeah, it all sorts it out. <laughs> Yeah. So what we're hoping to do is kind of transport ourselves America, and we're going to corrupt Wayne. That's what we're going to do next. Uh, good luck with that. <laughs> you've never, you've never been to Wisconsin. Then. He's already there. No, I haven't. <laughs> uh, well, this Wisconsin will make professionals out of you. Okay. In a, cool. In a short time. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard some of the stories. I, I think Gretchen actually told us a little story about being with Wayne in, in Wisconsin, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that on another show. But I, yeah, <laughs> I've yet, I've yet well, yeah, I've yet, yeah, I'm looking forward to that challenge. You put the gauntlet down now, Wayne. You really do not live up. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a, a, a stool reserved for both of you at our local bar. <laughs> Fabulous! Yeah, we're up for that. There's, there's, no, there's already a, there's already, there's already a dollar bill on the wall that says TTNA and cool. Lost Relics. Cool. Wow. In this bar, yeah. so you guys are, you, we got you pegged. They're ready. Yeah, they're already there. That's all the right. The beer is cold and and the music's loud and the people don't care. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say the other thing: a dollar. We're on a pay rise. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very good. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, a, well. All right. So let's uh, let's uh, we'll try to reel it in a little bit here. But yeah, sorry, anyway, this, no, no. This is awesome. This is great. This is exactly what I like. Is just to have a conversation, you know, uh, here with us, and then let everybody kind of enjoy and watch. Um, so season one, folks, season one on the Discovery Channel Go here in the United States. Uh, if you haven't seen season one, there's five episodes, and it basically talks about Carl and Hamilton's collection uh, of this, uh, the, the horde that they call it, the horde of relics that they are working towards proving that they are, in fact, from the lost treasure of the Knights Templar. Oh, uh, there's, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's, oh, that's so look. Look, lovely chalice. How about that? Yes. Beautiful. And uh, and so, and if you watch, uh, you really need, if you haven't seen those five episodes, you really need to watch them because they're really, really good. Um, 
And and like I said, they're it's on Discovery Channel Go, but you get an idea of what they have and the work that they've gone behind trying to get them uh, investigated, get them looked at, uh, find out how they were made. Like that that obsidian chalice to me is fascinating because you know when I when I watched the show and the gentleman was talking about how somebody had to do the pecking, I guess he called it, to create this chalice. I, I was I'm thinking how much time could it have possibly taken this person to make that? And one little mistake and, oh, now it's broken. Now let me get another chunk out here and start all over again. I mean, that's crazy. So yeah, you well, have well, the thing is about it, they, the Templars obviously chose obsidian because it was such a, a very rare material. And also because it was so difficult to fashion, if they were successful in creating something, which they were, to create that chalice, then you've got a really powerful piece that people are going to look up to, you know. So it's it's I can I can I can understand why they, they took the effort. They would have had the finest craft people to to make it. Um, and yeah, I think John T said he reckoned it was about seven thousand man hours Ooh. to do it. Yeah, oh, incredible, absolutely wow. incredible, and that's no, a lot. Piece. It's a fabulous piece. I mean, you know, I, I'm used to handling sort of ancient things, but I mean, really, that is just, oh, it's fabulous. I mean, yeah. just to pick it up and hold it. I mean, Carl, you've held it, haven't you? You know, oh, God, what a buzz. Fabulous. It really is. It's, 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 you, you don't want to put it down once you've picked it up. It's <laughs> no, that's the yeah that's the strange thing with this stuff you know a lot of things you you pick them up and put them down but these things are so tactile you pick it up you put it down you want to hold it don't you turn it right it's very odd it's not like most things that you you've had through your hands it really is something that you know when you got it you don't want to put them down it's very odd really hard to explain yeah. and also i mean the very fact that we can we've got the privilege to do that with they're not behind a big sheet of plate armor glass you know we can pick them up and put them next to a cup of tea yeah. and yeah. like 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 this i god he's oh. there, right there he has that sitting on his desk can you imagine Come on. <laughs> that, that, you know i've got that and i've got a cup of tea look yeah. at that i could put some wine in it but i mean how fantastic is that that you can actually you can actually have that on your desk with your cup of tea looking at it and it's, I would be scared well, to death. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I'd be scared to it death. I'd break it. Well what what we're hoping is that sort of when Gretchen and Wayne get over to UK, we can try and hook up because Carl is looking after the majority of the stuff. And we can get it out, get it on camera, let them handle it, you know, because I don't think anybody, from, nobody from the States has seen any of this, have they, in the flesh that mm. I can think of, they can't? Yeah. No. And just the pair of them come and have an afternoon and come and sit with it, look at it, handle it, see what you think? Yep. And this one, this uh, uh, vessel is fascinating. I, I am just... You know, this had to be used. I know they were speculating whether or not this item was used in some sort of a ceremonial thing, um, but I can't see any other use for it. I mean, and that's supposed to be, is that John the Baptist on there? 
it i mean it's a little bit open to debate i mean yes that's my opinion it's john the baptist other people have had a few other ideas but genuinely we don't know jeff i mean my leaning is john I've somebody could prove us wrong yeah. if they do fantastic yeah i had a different view didn't i but you, you disagree which is is fine but we um and it'll come you'll see that in series two what we were discussing but in um short cathedral outside is on the north gate there's eight eight very important biblical characters going around the doors and each one above them has there's like um <laughs> like a, a, a sort of canopy going over the head and all of them underneath the canopy 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 have foliage like uh, pomegranate leaves grape leaves vine leaves but the one character that actually has two angels uh, underneath the canopy is a, a guy named Melchizedek, who is a very, he's actually, you know, to, to, to some people he's well known, but he's mainstream people don't know much about him. And he is a fellow. Oh my uh, gosh, there it is. I've got it. It's, I, oh you know, Carl, I'd completely forgotten I'd got it. You know, I thought yeah. you had it, but it's still here. Look at that. Yeah. What a piece of kit. Oh, yeah. isn't that fabulous? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you can see him. Yeah, amazing, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Like you got here, you got. It's so funny because I see Hamilton turn around and go back and pull it off the shelf, and I'm like, "Is that the libation vessel? He's getting ready to pull out." Yeah, and it is. Is. I'm like, "I, I want to reach out and hold this thing." I want you know, like you guys said, having it in your hands, you know, yeah, something. It's a different. Oh, oh it's that. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. It really is. I mean, oh, when you look oh, at the size of it. You, know, you can see it's not a small thing. It's a serious piece of carving. It really is. Oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. You know, and that's, uh, you know, that's something that we uh, we, we kind of talked about last time on the show. You know, when guys are, uh, you, you get involved with, you know, academia. And here I go on my academia kick. Nothing wrong with a, uh, a person to go to school and get an education and graduate from college and all this stuff. But <laughs> look at this face. <laughs> the thing of it is, is, you know, they're all, well, you know, you guys shouldn't be the ones that are having these things. You know, the, this should be something that's, you know, kept by us, those in the, you know, that have degrees for all of this. And I say that's poppycock because, you know, they've got a couple of years worth of experience or, you know, college, you know, I'm, I say a couple, I don't know how many years it takes to get through the, you know, but they have an education, and that's great. But you guys have the experience over years. We've got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, we we try not to hold their education against them if we can yeah. help it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you talk about the years of experience that you have. Now, what to me is better? A couple, you know, several years of college, or having the experience that you have. You know, if I had a question about a particular relic, who am I going to go to? I'm going to go to one of you two for this, for an answer. Handle it. Yeah. You when, know? when you've handled the stuff and you found it and you've researched it yourself and you've paid for it with your own money, mm -hmm. it's a totally different ball game to oh, somebody yeah. who has read something in a book five years ago. Mm -hmm. Totally different ball game altogether. Yep. Absolutely.
So, folks, if you haven't, I tell you what, he, they've shown us some of the relics that they have right here. And I did not expect these things to come out on the show today. But, man, what that's fantastic. Um, I'm going to step over to to Wayne just for a minute. Wayne, uh, again, as you are the, the founder of Team Templar North America, um, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what's what's going on over you you spent i i think if, if i remember correctly you had originally stumbled across to some oddities in the woods like some 40 years ago or something wasn't it like that yeah it was um i have to have a disclaimer though um as far as lead investigator i'm kind of the apprentice uh gretchen and sean <laughs> they're uh they're trying to take me to school on this and, and bring me up to speed I, uh, I always tell Gretchen, I says, I find things, you write about them. I said, that's good enough for me, you know. So 40 years ago, I was hunting back in a deep forest and um, I come across this cave. I thought it was a cave, I had no clue. I thought, man, this is really interesting. Um, foot of snow, uh, I'm supposed to be hunting deer, you know. I just got off of work in the police department, crazy shootings and holdups and robberies. and. I just want to get back to the woods to settle down. Oh my gosh. Then I come across this large rock and like an idiot, I says, I have to go see what's inside of this or get down. It was about 25 feet tall. So I made my way around through the snow and the side of it and everything and come to a side entrance. And I could see on the east side, there was just like a triangle entrance, probably where through time and nature, the the entrance started to collapse when it's i guess to a normal person that would have been a sign don't go in there because this thing could fall on you well eighth grade was pretty good to me you know four years i spent there i didn't learn a whole lot so i decided to go in and um look around and once i got inside it was it was i couldn't believe it this shouldn't have been there so knew absolutely nothing about the knights templar absolutely nothing at that point then um i'd have to fast forward to about 2017 when i came across a certain symbol on a rock um took a picture of it uh reached out to quite a few people um and only one gretchen cornwall she was writing a, a lot of books about the templars a, a great historian knew a lot about them she responded back and uh, says, is that what I think it is? I says, I don't know. You tell me. And two years later, she was on the Mohican Reservation. She was able to see the rock, touch it, go inside the tomb. And, and um, here we are today. Yeah, I've got this picture here that I actually grabbed. Now, this is actually from... Uh, Gretchen's book, uh, and I know Gretchen's out here watching. She's in the uh, on the in the chat out here watching today, um, and thank you for coming, Gretchen. Um, this is a picture that is actually from her book, um, and it's the um, um, oh my goodness, I I should have wrote it down on my board up there. Uh, the it's the um, uh, I forgot the name of the book. Oh, Gretchen, tell me what the name of it is. Put it up on the chat here real quick, if you would, please. Uh, but I grabbed this picture out of there because it shows when uh, Wayne had invited you to come out uh, to the site and get a look at these things for yourself. 
Um, so I wanted to throw that up there, but go ahead, Wayne, you can continue on. I'm sorry. And I'm, but as soon as Gretchen puts it up here, I'll, I'll give the name of the book. I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh... Gretchen, Gretchen sent me the, the book and it's, it's hardcover and it's just amazing. It's really beautiful. Um, it, you know, Gretchen is used to being in a big city and things like that. So when we're going through the woods and it's a mile and a half back in the woods, it's just by truck. And I told her when we get out, you know, she says, uh, well, what's the gun for? I says, well, when you're out here, you're, you're not exactly alone. You know, uh, I always carry my 40 cal. I, um, uh, I always say I, I save 14 for the, whatever's attacking us and one for me, you know, just in case it goes bad. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so yeah, I could um, imagine the it was quite an experience for that too. <laughs> you, you need it. You need. Well, I also, I, I, yeah, yeah. She was like looking at me, and she says, "You do what?" I says, "Yeah, the last one's for me if I miss, you know." <laughs> so that's uh, we'll, we'll be good. So I told her, I, I said, uh, "This is where I hide the keys um, in the tr truck." I said, "If I get hurt or something." Um, you can find your way back. Just hit the GPS. Just say go home. Um, get a hold of one of my brothers. They'll find my body some somewhere, and we'll we'll be good. And she's like, imagine the look oh on her face. God, you're telling her these things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> is this hey, stuff hey, real? You know? I said, yeah. Hey, what, yeah. What's the score in Michigan with dogmen? With dogmen. Oh, oh you're oh man you're, you're you're there's a lot of stories about that <laughs> you caught me off guard there um, do we need to worry or are we okay no you'll be good you'll be good okay, I'll, cool. uh, I'll 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 uh, i'll see that you're well preserved before you get there well come on <laughs> sorry i it was something i had been looking up i couldn't resist it wayne i had to <laughs> that's, that's good that's good it's the wolverines out there that you really have to watch I'll oh tell yeah you, because they'll come up behind you and um eat the back of your shoes off and then you can't run ah <laughs> honestly if something i eat i'm my just shoes, kidding it would bite. <laughs> <laughs> That would be the end of that animal right there. That'd be a, that'd be a game stopper, yes. Yeah, exactly. That's his defense right there, my shoes, yeah. Oh, wait, uh, she gave me the name Throw of that a shoe. Run the other way. Basically. It was the Templar Quest to North America, a photo journal. That's that's the name of the yes. book. It's the, a Templar Quest to North America, a photo journal. Thank you, Gretchen, for for popping that up there and she did put a link uh, for that book there uh on, on the hi, hi gretchen if you're listening say hi carl hi, gretchen. yep she's out there she's watching uh, so uh all right good so i'm sorry about that i, I had to cut in real quick and, and give you that so so yeah so you found these things in the woods and then uh later on it wasn't until many many years later that you actually uh went back to try to investigate further and that's when you you know enlisted the help of you know, I'm going to say professionals by bringing uh, Gretchen out um, onto the scene and having a look at this yes. and uh, and getting her 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 eye, uh, you know, and and her experience with the Knights Templar uh, looking at this. So that's that's great, and that's exactly what everything everything needs to evolve to because when you are finding something. It's, it's okay for us, and like I'm going to say for myself, an uneducated person to find something like this. 
Now you got to bring in the experts. And that's what you've done. Is the thing of it was, things. yeah. Um, for me, it was trying to bring into someone, I hate to say it in this way, was to help me disprove it. Mm -hmm. um, as an investigator, you know, you work backwards with every crime. Crime happens, you work backwards, you work forward, and then you work side to side, wherever it may take you. But for three years, I tried to disprove this. Uh, this shouldn't be here, and how could it be here, and, and all of those things. So I started reaching out to people like Gretchen and uh, to try to get some advice, you know, how, how should I proceed? Uh, what should I be looking for? What not should I be looking for? I don't want to go chasing down a rabbit hole. And one thing led to another. And as I was talking to Gretchen, I said, boy, I said, you know, if I could just find a stonemason or someone who really understood these type of markings, mm -hmm. I said, that would be great. This guy could come here and, you know, this is all wishful thinking on my part. This guy could come here, look at it and say, you know what? Wayne, you got the biggest, nicest rock I've ever seen. Have a nice day. Or he could say, <laughs> holy man, this is really great, you know. Mm. So uh, Gretchen says, well, in Scotland, she says, there's a, there's a guy by the name of Sean Williamson. I've talked to him a little bit, and um, he's pretty busy, and maybe you want to try to reach out to him. So um, I'm working with my partner. Um, I do other things on the side just besides try to find things. And um, I said, I'm going to, I tell him, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to contact this guy in Scotland and see if he'll talk to me. Um, I've never been afraid. If I want to know something, I'm going after it. And if I want you, I'm coming after you. I'm going to find you and track you down and, and, and ask you, you know, so I can, I can be brought up to speed on things. So I reached out to Sean, sent him a message through messenger and, um, Doggone if he didn't get back to me. He, he responded back. And I told him who I was. Uh, I don't think that impressed him much because he didn't know who I was. And I said, would you be willing to look at a few pictures? Well, he was so kind about it. I, I could tell he, he, he said he was busy and doing things. And I, I really didn't know what. But he was kind enough to take some time. So I sent him a few pictures. And then he wanted to know more, and then we talked more and uh, sent more pictures, and, and things went on. And this was last year. So, doggone if uh, me and Sean didn't hit it off and just become really, really, I feel really good friends. Mm -hmm. He is so knowledgeable about things and, and, and rock carving and skills and techniques. I said, um, Sean, can I ask you a question? I said, I, I'm putting together a team. To look at something I found and would you be willing would you be interested and through further discussion I found out that um, Sean had worked with some other people um, way prior to Carl and Hamilton and apparently wasn't treated very well or very professional mm. and he told me his problems with that and we talked and I says well I said, Sean, I said, I can reassure you one thing. I said, I'm, I'm certainly not like that at all. I said, um, if I need to send you agreement, I will. I'll just have to write it on the back of a postage stamp because that's all the bigger it should be. I says, but if you can trust me on this, I says, and uh, I think we'll do great. And he said, I love it, Wayne. He said, I'm in. So that 
what an amazing thing to have Sean Williams and Gretchen Cornwall on my team, right? Mm -hmm. Man, I could go out and dance on a hot tin roof, you know, and, <laughs> and just shout to the world, but, you know, who's going to hear me, you know? And <laughs> so one day Sean and I are, yeah, so one day Sean and I are messaging back and forth, and he says, Wayne, he says, I, uh, I just got a request from Carl Cookson in Hamilton White. I says, really? I says, you going on their show? Yeah, he says, they want me to look at some stuff for him. I says, man, Sean, that's a home run. I'm so glad that somebody from Team Templar could be there. And it wasn't just, you know, for Team Templar. It was for Sean, too. He's such a great guy. And uh, and he says, what do you think? Uh, uh, should I mention Team Templar? And I says, Sean, I says, this is your gig. I says, I don't want you to do anything to compromise that. You go there. And um, do your good job and we'll play it by ear. You know, and that's really interesting, too, because that's uh, leads us right into what I wanted to bring up next was talking about. Um, now, as I mentioned, folks, that, um, you know, uh, Carl and Hamilton have uh, season one has been out for quite a while now of their show with five episodes of the Lost Relics of the Knights Templar. And they just finished, uh, wrapped up the filming and everything for season two. So season two well, will be coming well, out. We, we've oh. done four out of five episodes. We oh, still, okay. we've still got one to go. So you're still traveling around the country, having a good time looking at stuff. No, we're stuck at home. We can't do anything at the moment. That's oh, okay. why it's dragging on, sadly. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so season two is in the works. Uh, and we'll be coming out. Hopefully, uh, we'll get to see that. You know, maybe in the fall. I guess when they when they do that, we don't know how these things go. You know, they get takes a while to put them all together. But in the midst of that filming for season season two, that's when Carl and Hamilton got were introduced to Sean Williamson. Now, and I'm going to yeah. just say real quick that Sean, Sean was on, we had two episodes with Team Templar North America. Those two episodes, uh, I have been asked to, to take them down for uh, temporarily. Um, and we'll get to why in just a little bit. We'll tell I will tell you why. So if you go out mm -hmm. and you look for them on YouTube or Facebook, you won't find them because we, I have, uh, you know, uh, at, yeah, I've been asked to take them down and I did, like I said, we'll get to that in just a minute, but the them meeting with Sean, who was on the show with us, and this guy is a fabulous sculptor. Uh, his work over there, he rubs elbows with royalty over in the UK. Um, yes. with the you know, with the Sinclairs, I think it wasn't it the Sinclairs that, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and his work yeah. is just fabulous. But who better to bring on to the scene as a, another uh expert? looking at the stones and whatnot that that wayne has found what other what better person to bring on than sean williamson now with the carl and hamilton working with him uh and bringing his expertise into their show for season two then wayne just described how that meeting came about and how it got mentioned um i'm gonna i'm gonna give this back over to you guys to talk about things going now from the future of that i mean well, just let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna interrupt, um, if I may. When this was all happening with uh, Sean uh, and Carlton and Hamilton, um, Sean would message me during the night. Yeah, we're talking and we're sitting around having a good time and looking at these things. And he says uh, we were drinking some bottles of wine and 
doggone it if Team Templar didn't come up in conversation. <laughs> and I says, is that right? And I told Sean, I said, you know what? I says, that's fantastic. I said, these guys are the real deal. You got, you know, you got Carl Cookson and Hamilton White. These guys don't talk about finding things. They found these things. They have them in their possessions. They can pick them up. They can touch them. Um, they know about it. And, and, and just kind of out of the blue, I says, wouldn't it be great if we could somehow talk? If I could talk to those guys just to, just to let them look and tell me that I'm not crazy and I may have something. And, uh, boy, I tell you, it wasn't. I don't think it was more than three or four days. And all of a sudden, uh, Carl and Hamilton and Sean and myself are in a meeting. That's awesome. That really is. Yeah. I mean, pretty accurate, but it wasn't over wine. We'd finished the wine and we bought up a really good bottle of single malt. And we, we were sitting in a nasty hotel okay. somewhere, but we got a fabulous bottle of whiskey. That's when you, your name popped up, Wayne. Ah, okay. <laughs> the wine was just the precursor then. Huh? Yeah, 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 that was only a warm up. Um, yeah, but we did, have, we did have a couple of nights before that hotel stand in Kilmartin Park. Uh, castle, didn't we? That's we, right. Yeah, we, yeah. We did yeah. quite a few good bottles of Reading on that one. And that's where we really got to, you know, you do, you're doing your filming in the day with Wayne, but then in the evening with dinner and then chatting, sitting by a big long fire. It was brilliant. And we just had a great time talking. And, you know, it, it's it's all about people at the end of the day. If you, if you like people and get on yes. with them, you can tell a lot from that. And, yeah, Wayne is he's very, very easy to get along with. You, you know, we we shared a lot of synergies between us, so it was it was a nice, a very nice experience. Yeah, it just felt right, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, just felt cool. Really, yes, felt really, really like the right direction to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, tell us a little and, bit about what's happened for me. Go ahead. Go ahead, continue. Well, for, well, well, for me, it was you know. Um, I, I don't have this this depth of experience. Um, I got Gretchen, I got Sean, and now Carl and Hamilton come on. And this just brings all of this to such a level. Of, it's kind of like the dream team of the Templars here, you know, uh, Team Templar and Lost Relics. And uh, such a such an unbelievable thing to have that happened in my life at this time. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're... go on, Hamilton. No, go for it. Come. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm... Well, I, I think what it was, it, it was the way it was described to us. Because, I mean, bear, bear in mind, people have been talking about you know, con pre-Columbian um, contact with America forever. You know, there are so many stories. It's been going on and on for, for years. And it's all so muddled up. There are so many ideas and arguments that, I mean, it's very clear that there certainly is contact um, with the American um, 
continent before Columbus. But it's all very muddled up. But what Wayne was actually bringing at the, to the table was something completely fresh that hadn't been solid by so many different ideas or preconceptions. And the fact that it had been handled correctly over the last sort of 30 or 40 years, suddenly you've actually got something to deal with that really is like a serious thing that you can start with a clean plate and just really sort of get down to the grassroots and you can do a proper job on it without having preconceived ideas from other people or, you know, experts, shall we say. You know, you're starting on a clean slate and that's exactly what you want. And I mean, it wasn't that much longer afterwards that Wayne sent a few pictures through to us and it's like mm, you know what i think that's really good you know that is fabulous i don't know what it is i can't tell you what it is at the moment but god that looks interesting but well, we want to get involved that's not how interesting yeah. we are because in reality yeah. since we've been doing this we've had a lot of people propose many different you know potential discoveries and um and firstly you don't you just wouldn't have the time to do any of them anyway because we're so busy. But when when we sort of spoke with Wayne and Sean and Gretchen, it kind of just felt like it just felt right, the project. It felt like it's yeah. something that we've got to do. So we, we then mentioned it to Dominic, who's uh, uh, the director of Lost Relics. And we're actually now, you know, in the process of developing the show for, for this Wisconsin pro project and it's going to be absolutely amazing it really is I mean well yes we, we, we literally can't wait to dig in you know and find out what's there because <laughs> it's just got the most mind-blowing potential it really has definitely yes yeah, definitely does yeah and I mean the the advantage we've got is because we've got sort of 10 years of European research behind us it's you've already got the knowledge there of referring to symbolism and styles of construction and materials. You're not starting from scratch. You've got something to compare it to. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. We've seen that that style across in Portugal. We've seen that kind of construction in various places. You know, it doesn't make sense. That can't be in America. It's totally unnatural. Right, right. Yeah, and that's uh, that's really something too. That um, you know, and it's to me, it's miraculous that you guys all came together. And I, how these, you know, Wayne and I have talked about this before. Uh, coincidences are kind of one of those things that I don't really believe in. I, I I believe that things happen for a reason, and for for you know for Wayne to be working with Gretchen and then Sean, and then you guys getting together and working with Sean. I mean, how does that happen? How does that how does that connect like that? And then then they talk about Team Templar and bringing this all together. And now you're working on doing a show. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just how does it's that? Like, we, there's that much potential with it from our point. You know, like, we're, we're absolutely fascinated and curious about what is there, what we've seen, and without giving anything away, because it, one of the problems we've got is if, if we sort of, uh, you know, lay everything on the table now, 
Um, you know, we, we we want the impact of the show to really excite people. But from what we've seen, it's it's amazing. It really it's is. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. And, and seeing this, and, and, and this is the type of quality that uh, Carl and Hamilton bring to the table. Not only do they have this um, archaeological background and knowledge, they also understand how to help bring this process process forward in such a way where it's going to be successful. I mean, uh, how could you ask for a, a better pair uh, to, to come in and to help solve this mystery? And that's what it is. It's it's a it's a mystery, and and then to have Gretchen uh, and and Sean. I mean, it's the it's the dream team. It's uh, what can I say? I wish it was five o'clock. We'd be having a cold beer right now. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think we've got a chance, you see, because, you know, so many stones like the, you think the Kensington Rune Stone or Westford Knight, it's very difficult now to be objective about these things because there's so many things already been said about them. But you can start completely afresh here and, you know, go maybe go with a slightly different angle rather than just deciding this is a Templar construction. That's it. We've decided it's go through it in a slightly more analytical way is, well, OK, let's look at it. Can it be Native American? Is it possible to be Viking? Can it be Inuit? Can it be later? Is it Fur Trapper era? and go through the whole process in a slightly different way. And rather than just sort of bang your fist and say, well, this is what we've decided it is, let's look at all the different permutations of it and run it across. And maybe you don't have a conclusion. You leave the whole thing open, but at least you can put something on the table that is genuinely factual evidence, which other people aren't doing. And that's something that I and I mentioned too that you know you guys had um, done very well in your show in the first season one of uh, Lost Relics. Um, you you presented the items, you took them to experts, but at the end of the day, you kind of left it up for us to look at the evidence and make our own determination on what it is. And that's something that is very unique about you guys. And I think that like for Wayne. You bringing this to the table is just that's that's exactly what how I think how Wayne Wayne had mentioned. I'm I'm gonna I hear I found something. I'm gonna try to disprove it first, like you just said, and then let's see what what we come up with in the end. Yeah. Rather than you know going oh it's nice simple. Yeah. Wayne's Wayne's background and his CV gave us immense confidence in the in the program. We you know the whole project and, and what we're attempting to achieve because um you know in to, to have done that job you've you've really got to have some high integrity and intelligence mm -hmm. to be able to do that day in day out so and then once we'd met met um met, met wayne it was like you know we haven't met physically but on like we're talking now um, mm -hmm. you, you just feel it. You just know it feels right. So we 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 share so many synergies together of how we're looking at coaching. Yes, and with, with, with 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 the skills you've yeah. got, uh, Wayne's got. So we, you know, I'm, I think we'll we'll come up with something really good. 
Really yeah. Good yeah. And I mean, I mean, even very simple things, you know, but bearing in mind where the, the location you are, the rocks are granite, you know, it's a very granitic area. Well, you know, when you look at the, the sort of the native culture, it was a copper culture to start with going back for a yes. many years. Well, let's look at it. Is it possible to take a copper age tool? Can you carve granite with it? Has anybody tried that before? Let's get Sean over as a stonemason. Mm -hmm. Let's give him some different tools. Let's try him with the tools that were available in the period that were available to the Americans. Let's see what happens. I don't know. I've never tried, you know, but let's try yeah. it. If somebody turns around and said this is being carved by natives, well, Okay, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't until somebody actually puts the practicalities to a test on a piece of granite. I don't know. Neither does anybody else. Let's give it a whirl. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that's something interesting to bring to I was the talking table. to uh, I was talking to a professor up in Canada, and I was telling him briefly about uh, what I had found in granite. And he says, oh, yes, he says, uh, Native Americans used to use antlers to do that. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Antlers? I uh, good luck with that. You know, uh, uh, you, you, what are you going to be there a hundred years trying to carve? I don't think you'd live long enough. And uh, <laughs> so that's the, and that's such a great idea. See, see, uh, Jeff, uh, it's it's the things that, that what these these guys bring to the table. These different ideas. The way to look at things. That's why I was so impressed with them. The way they look at things, they don't. It, it's. I was uh, trying to explain it one time to Dominic, and then uh, Carlton says, "Tell him about the diamond theory," and that's the only way I could describe it accurately. As this project is like a diamond, it has so many facets to it, so many possibilities mm -hmm. that without everybody who's here with their expertise, without their knowledge, they're, they're willing to take a look at it in a different light. Um, this is all gonna help bring this to a, a great, great um, conclusion, I believe. Mm -hmm. hmm. I mean, the other advantage that me and Carl have got that nobody else has, we, we've actually got some genuine things that can be referenced against. You know, I mean, when you look at pieces out of the Templar Horde, you've got a whole selection of stonework. I mean, obviously, the chalices are the most important, mm -hmm. but the sort of architectural stonework as well, of sort of limestones and granites and all sorts of things. Now, if you just bear with me a sec, I've got a bad back, so give me a minute. Give me a sec, because it's heavy. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, some of the items we've got are actually... Oh. Yeah. Cool. I, mean, I don't know if, how well you can see that. <laughs> then, oh, I have to oh, put it down. It's too heavy. It's hurting my great. back. But, you know, yeah. what? For, just as an example, you know, that's um, that's a, a piece, a granite carving from right on the sort of Portuguese-Spanish border. 
possibly pre-Templar, it might be 11th, it might be 12th century. But where it can kind of get interesting is when, when you look at a similar piece of stone and bearing in mind the sort of weather and the, the sort of climate in, in that part of the Iberian Peninsula mm -hmm. during the winter, it's quite extreme, is to be able to do things like comparing the natural wear of something that's obviously been outside for 800 years compared to something that's been inside a cave to be able to compare how granite wears compared to a limestone. Right. You know, all of these things we can actually measure against proven original items, which nobody else is able to do because nobody's got anything. Everything else is just a theory or a chatter. We can bring some things to the table yeah. that are, you know, they're, they're tangible items we can do some research against. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that brings me back to that whole thing of the academia. I mean, you guys have the experience in this. And, and I know that, you know, you know, watch it. <laughs> that was oh, pretty sorry, heavy to me. But you guys bring that. Oh. You might have to, if you, you know, you can, if you got any whiskey there, that might help, you know, take a, a shot or two. And, no? Yeah. <laughs> My decanter's empty. It's all right. Oh, all right. oh, terrible. I finished it last night. Oh, there you go. There. Oh, oh. <laughs> not very good. It's 120 miles away. Oh, man. <laughs> you, you know, the, he's just tempting you, Hamilton. He's teasing you. Dreadful, man. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the, it's the things that we're... Oh, all I got is water. Oh, this is not as a You know, it, it's it's very good because yeah, it's all very well all of the academics rattling on about their degrees and the theses they've written. Yeah, but nobody can bring to the table comparable pieces or you know pieces to do scientific study against. We can put it on the table. It's there. It physically exists. And I think we're probably the only people that can actually yes. do it, aren't we? I mean, I've never met anybody else who can do it. No. Well, and that's, and you, exactly. you probably get you the curator of some of the big museums, but nobody can get stuff outside. Of no, no, all, that's a problem. And we, this, this is a yeah. unique thing that we are so uh, lucky to be to have such a tactile relationship with the items that we've got. You know, we don't have to wear white cotton gloves to pick them up. We don't have no. to go behind Nonsense. a big security system. Um, you know, we, we, we can touch them. And when, you, when you're touching items, you, you can you get so much more information out of them than just looking at them. It's like the difference between looking at an item in a book or a book, as some people say, um, and, and actually then going even to a museum and walking around it. The mm. two are totally different, but then when you get the chance, to actually hold something, feel the weight, the texture. Yeah. That, that's giving you information that you cannot get just by looking at images, you know. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's like this item here. It's got this sort of uh, octagonal knuckle on the stem. Um, and you, you try to find different ways to hold it. You think, if you did that, you know, what's, what's the best way of doing it? There's so many different things you can start to. You can ask questions actually, and then try and find the answers of the questions you create. Um, so yeah, it's 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 uh, with with all the all the items we've got. We've got the chalices and 
the main items, but it's the corroborative uh, items we've got to support the chalices. We've got um, some limestone sections with polychrome images of um, chalice, chalice worship. So you've got an image of a chalice and you've got like either side of it, two monks venerating the chalice. So we, you know, we can look at that. We can look at our chalices, the profiles of them and just pick out so much, you know. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and it, it, apart from that, it's also because we've spent so much time going around some of these places in, you know, not only Portugal, France, Spain, the Holy Land, and this looking at the carvings and the symbolism that we've seen in various places that I know we haven't been to Michigan yet, but you know, as and when we can see exactly what Wayne has got. I mean, I, I think, it, was it a fish you mentioned on one of the carvings, Wayne? Yes, yes. You know, that there are not many, but there are other existent examples of fish carvings, either in objects or in a couple of bits of architecture. And the forms of crosses, to be able to go and cross-reference them with other the nearest examples that we can find take Sean when Sean has actually seen the crosses over in Michigan to let him with a stonemason's point of view and eye of how you would make something take him to the relevant places and look at it you know there are different ways of carving. Some carvings were done with chisels. When you go back a little bit earlier to the Viking era, you weren't using a chisel. You were using a hammer with a sharpened point and you were tapping it out rather than chiseling it out. Mm -hmm. And all of these things, I probably wouldn't be able to work them out. But somebody like Sean, who who is a manufacturer in stone, you know, he would be able to tell us the difference, even if it's only a hundred years either way, because he understands how this stuff is made. Once we can actually see what Wayne has got and go and tie it up with other things in other parts of the world, perhaps we've got a better idea of how to put a time frame together for these things. Right. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. And that's, that's why I was saying about putting that team together. You know, you guys are putting this team together of, of experts. Um, and what better person to have out there to look at the, you know, if you got stonework, what better person to have out there than a stone mason who's yeah. as good as he is? I mean, yeah. that's, you know, you're bringing the experts to bear. Something that you said, Hamilton, the other day when we were talking, and I wanted to say it again tonight because this illustrates you know, <laughs> what we have here. And it's so fascinating. You said, Ordinary people who found extraordinary things. And I wrote that down because that that is so so interesting about you guys and the you know, you know, everybody see you, we see you on TV, so we're like, oh my gosh, you know, these guys are, are stars, and you are in your own right, you're world now renowned now. Um, but you're ordinary people that you found extraordinary things, and that's like Wayne. Wayne is an ordinary guy who has found something potentially very extraordinary. Definitely. And now it's time to bring this out. Yeah, I that yeah I think without a shadow of a doubt, and and the same the same with Sean in his um, in his in his you know former employee with the Sinclair family. Mm -hmm. I mean that's an incredible connection, and the fact that he's got access to archives that have yeah. never been seen before. You know, so between between the team and with what Gretchen knows, um, 
you know, the prospects are so exciting and um, open, really, for so much discovery. Uh, I think we'll just go from strength to strength on it when we when we actually get out on site. I think the problem is we won't want to stop digging, you know. I can see I can see me getting stags on my hands. We just got digging all the time. Yep. Yeah, that, that's going to yeah, be we're, we're pretty lucky because there's there's multiple sites to, to look at. And um, one of the things that's always fascinated me about this whole process is, for me, it's always the hunt. It's always the whole process from finding it uh, mm -hmm. to learning about it to uh, to getting to that conclusion. And it's it's when you, when you hunt a big buck, right? You've hunted a big buck. You, oh, I, I, I trailed in through the woods for three miles. It was snowing sideways. It was raining. It was freezing. It was thunder and lightning. Then I shot. But then every time you tell that story, it's always about the hunt mm -hmm. and very little yeah. about the catch. Yeah, yeah it is. This, this is a. Yeah, it, it's the, the, the journey is greater than the destination, actually. Or more fun or, or more important is, is the journey. You know, when you get, it's like when we fight, when we're dealing <coughs> the second you've bought it after you've hunted it down, it's like you, you get a bit of a deflation and you're thinking, well, what's next? You know, what, what's the next mm -hmm. discovery? Yeah. So I, I definitely yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm does as well. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but the joy of buying something lasts no more than three days ever. Whatever you got, no matter how good it is, three days later you're bored of it and you want something else. Yep. And that's what drives you on to go look yeah. for that next thing, yeah. right? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Totally, yeah. 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 But I mean, when I, when I first discovered thing, this one... Thing. Sorry, oh, when I first discovered this one thing, um, I, I, I then I found something else on another rock, and uh, I remember taking my brother with me back there to look, and I said, you know, this is great, and he's kind of staring at me like, oh, geez, you know, is he going to wander off somewhere, and I just <laughs> have to drag him back, and. Uh, but I'm looking at all of these different rock formations. I says, come on over here, look at this. And he's kind of rolling his eyes. And I said, stand here. Let me take a picture of that. Stand there. Point at this. And, oh, my gosh, how much longer he's tailing me. I said, ah, it's only a couple more hours. I said, well, I'll be good. I said, if I don't take these pictures now, I'll never have them again. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it's just an amazing thing to be able to, to do this. And then when I found a third thing, I said, "Oh my God, this is this is crazy!" And then when I went inside the cave and started looking around, and uh, by the grace of God, I was able to see something that was in there. Uh, I just, I said, "Now, um, now I'm in a trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. How do I disprove this? How do I say that this didn't happen? What do I do? What's my next step? Now I got to reverse engineer everything." And try to figure out who would have went there and did this, and what's the possibilities, and what's the practical, what's the most common sense way of doing this, and that's the way I approach this. Yep, and that's exactly the right way to approach it as well. Um, and that's something that you know, folks. You know, this is this is as you've heard us talking about uh, this collaboration now between Carl and Hamilton, and then you also have Team Templar with Wayne and Gretchen and Sean Williamson. 
coming together. There is, you've heard this talked about now, and they've gotten together with their producer, uh, the producer that does the Lost Relics of the Knights Templar show. And I guess Dominic on, on Azani, is that Azani? Is that Dominic Azon. Azon. Now, he's the producer of that. Now, you guys have had a meeting. There will be, now, am I okay to say that there will be a pilot shot now? There will be, this yeah. will be happening? Yeah, well, not, not just a pilot shot. We will be, we'll be, we'll be producing a series on it, and um, we're going to be going out, I think, you know, over the next, in the next couple of months to, to, to do some exploratory filming and just to set the scene up and, and, uh, you know, but as we speak, it's being developed. See, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I get, and I know Wayne, Wayne has got to be thinking, you know, you, you got to be on pins and needles right now and, and so excited about this thing that here's something that you've found and now you're bringing this team together to actually get it researched. Now here it's, here's, it's all part of that journey that you talked about before. Now you're on this journey to make this thing happen. I can't imagine how you feel about all this. It's got to be elation. Well, I, 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 well, I wish it was elation. It's more like terif terrification, because <laughs> um, what happens? You know, I'll, I'll have to load the truck up with a lot of alcohol. Because what if they <laughs> get here? They say, "Nice rocks, Wayne." Oh you yeah, know, really nice Here's rocks. Hey, yeah. yeah, great rocks. Uh, we'll we'll see you. We'll see you. Have a good day now. And then yeah. I'm going to feel about one inch tall. I'll probably crawl out of the woods or, or go back and hide in the cave, you know. So this, 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 this is a difficult journey for me, you know. It really is. And um, I, I've talked to my wife about it. I talked to Gretchen about it. I said, man, there's some nights I don't sleep. I said, oh, my God, this has got to be. <laughs> Why do these guys want to see this? <laughs> you know, this is this is so amazing. And she says, just go ahead and believe it. She says it's gotta be true. Otherwise they wouldn't be interested. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's correct. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Yeah. It's gonna be great. It's yeah, gonna be so I, exciting actually to put it together. I I think it's the first proper chance to really actually maybe to put some concrete evidence on the table that the same sort of thing that we've been on with the horde, that lots of rumours have been going on for hundreds of years, but there's mm -hmm. never been any actual evidence. And I think it's almost a very similar situation that if you can eliminate all the things that it definitely isn't, what is it? Mm -hmm. Exactly right. You know, yep. that, that's our theory on it. And, you know, it just looks like a, gr a great project all around, you know. I mean, I, the timing seems to have dropped right. I mean, hopefully America will find it interesting as a program to watch. I mean, there are so many, you know, the, the Oak Islands, the Confederate gold and all of the other things that are going on over there. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully there's a market for the viewer who actually wants to see something in America Yep. You know, there ought to be. I mean, we just hope there is. Yep. And I think yeah. that's something that's been brought to the table, um, you know, because of the Knights Templar. I think that that's something that fascinates a lot of people. But over the years, we didn't have a lot of information about it. Um, yeah. Now we're starting to get that information is coming in. And I think that, you know, myself, I'm one of them. I'm on board 
with my I want to know more. I want to get more of this stuff. And and watching your show about finally finding some what I believe is our relics of the Knights Templar, it's all bringing it to life now. And it's I very think, yeah. Yep. I'm sorry, Carl. You were yes. going to say something there, and I cut you off. I was just you know, it's a funny thing for me to 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 be involved in this as much as it is for Hamilton. That, but you know, we we've, we've been there this journey with the Templars in Europe, and we've always had you know, as he, Hamilton said, looked at the rumors of them going across the Atlantic, um, and it just seems natural for us to follow that route. Yeah. Um, you know, we know we left <clears throat> La Rochelle to go to Portugal and Rosslyn, you know, Scotland. Um, it's, it's, it's virtually inconceivable that they wouldn't want to venture further forward with the knowledge that they've got. You know, a lot of it comes back from Viking seafaring knowledge that the Templars adopted through the Normans. And, you know, it all links together. So, you know, for us to get to get over there, you know, get stuck in on the story. It could be the, the most fantastic thing we've ever found. <laughs> mm -hmm. Really good. Yep. Yeah, and there's a like I said, there's a lot of us that believe that the uh, the Templars did make it over here. Um, and then you know, and then I had a I had another little picture that uh, I believe this was in uh, Gretchen's book, uh, and I'll show it just briefly here. Um, uh, it was about showing a route, and I and I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Alessandra Naduvari, who lives up in Nova Scotia. Um, she is, uh, she lives on what is, what we believe is, uh, the new Ross, uh, castle or new Ross foundation up there, um, that she's been on the show a couple of times and done some research in that area. Um, and she, she had a very interesting take about how, uh, the Knights Templar could have made their way, uh, down through the St. Lawrence Seaway. And I have a picture here. Now this was in Gretchen's book, I believe, um, that I grabbed and it kind of shows a possible route. Um, and I don't know how well you guys can see that, but it yeah. kind of shows that uh, this being Nova Scotia up here and then made their way across Maine and then down through the St. Lawrence Seaway. And I know, Wayne, you have some other, you know, descriptions of this that you and I talked about before. If you'd like, you can take over and kind of describe a little bit if you'd, if you'd like. Well, when when uh, Gretchen first got here, we, we obviously thought about different theories. I, I listened to just about everything she had to say because she's so knowledgeable but i started looking at the maps and then she would uh say what she had to say then i'd go back and look at things and and looking things from all practical standpoints um to take an overland route would be very difficult and i i, I said gretchen i said they uh it's got to be the saint lawrence seaway it, it just makes the most sense to go down through the saint lawrence mm -hmm. or niagara river down down to um, the Hudson Bay area where they first, the, the Dutch, and uh, they had contact with the Stockbridge Indians. And they talked about the legend of corn here. I can just throw that out. Um, so it just makes the most sense, the most practical, the quickest, the fastest, the easiest way to travel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we were talking, um, originally you said, you know, that, if you think about it, the Templars or any any people from foreign lands who came to the Americas, they wouldn't just be able to have free reign to walk across because didn't you say that they could summon up some, uh, 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 a gang of warriors of about 20,000 people if they needed to, the, the tribes people? Yes. 
Yes, uh, some of the Eastern tribes, uh, the Confederacies, they were they were very big and very powerful, and and they had at their disposal twenty thousand. And the Stockbridge Indians themselves, they could summon a thousand warriors at a moment's notice. And the other tribes in the near vicinity would often call on them because they said they were some of the fierce fighters. So when some of the other tribes got in trouble uh, with, with neighboring tribes for whatever reason, sometimes they would call upon each other as allies to say, we need your help. So very great communication, ability to uh, withstand any attack that was coming. And it was only by Native American permission and protection that they would allow this group of people and I know I've said this uh, quite a bit as we talk is why of all of the people they did it didn't go well for the Vikings when they got here with the Native Americans there's always these um, I read some of these articles that these historians so-called write, and oh they were Stone Age and they were they were waiting on the shore, begging for nuts and berries, you know, from when the Europeans arrived. And it, it wasn't nothing like that. Um, and I, I just shake my head. And, and now we have a chance to not only uh, to tell from the Native American point of view how they saw things. Uh, Captain Henry Apomet, when he wrote the, he wrote the Thomas Jefferson, um, he fought with Washington in the Revolutionary War. And um, he said, when our forefathers were on what you call New York and Delaware, he said, um, when you first came, we looked upon you as little children. You were weak. We took you into our bosom and gave you land. That's just how powerful they were. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I was thinking about as well is, you know what, what? Why would the why would the Templars have been able to work with them? Well, the Templars are, were business people. They were they understood trade and barter, and currency, and they were diplomats. They understood the language of diplomacy. So they 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 would have been far more savvy than the Vikings would. The Vikings you were were plunder, pillage, rape, and 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 and, and all the rest of it. Whereas the Templars. Um, you know they were bankers. They were, they were, they, they had, they were. You know, every trade under the under the sun was was embraced by the Templars. So they were a sophisticated order, and they probably would have had the mental, intellectual wherewithal to to to, to negotiate and do safe passage or certainly some form of uh, mm -hmm. by you know the people of these lands. To, 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 to go through it and that, that to me seems more conceivable than coming over and saying well, we're gonna we're gonna point a, a sword at you you know and you can you can fight back yeah. at, the, at the end of the day if, if you go over and say look we we brought this to trade you and the Indians were great trade traders mm -hmm. as well so it, it's yes. it, it makes sense that they, that they could have worked together um, and, and that's why the Vikings didn't succeed whereas the the templars may have right exactly right now yes. one of the things too that that uh, alessandra had put together and i'll show this map real quick this was something i found very interesting now does it prove anything no it does not but it's very interesting that this map that she put together 
um, shows um, some different. These were uh, these are places in the uh, in Canada, in Montreal, Canada, Toronto, of course, in Ontario, and then Detroit uh, in uh, Michigan. Um, now these were also. She has the name of like on the one here is Toronto, and then Toron. Toron. These are places over in the Middle East that the Templars would have been familiar with. Okay, so Toron, and then you've got Toronto. Okay, Montreal is another is another place over in the uh, Middle East, and so is Destroy. I'm, I'm sure I'm not sure how this is pronounced, but it's Destroit. D-E-S-T-R-O-I-T. And then we have Detroit, Michigan, right there. Now, she was speculating. And again, it's just speculation. There's no proof of this whatsoever. But if the Templars did come down through here and establish different points along the way, that kind of correlates to these places from the Middle East and over in the Holy Land where they would have been before. And it, it's weird how it's... it it. It goes together. I mean, Toronto and Toron, Detroit and Detroit, and then Montreal being Montreal. I mean, you've got those places in the Middle East, and now you've got them well, in North America. So it's pretty interesting. Well, if they, if that, if that in fact is true, I possibly have site four of a partial structure, and that's all I can tell you. Oh goodness! All right. Well. You know what? <laughs> We're going to find out more as we go along here. But they, I just thought Alessandra put this together, and she is another researcher in Knights Templar and also in the uh, in the Vikings who became the Norsemen after they were uh, became Christians. Um, you know, and so she has done a lot of research on this stuff, and this shows that route coming down through the St. Lawrence Seaway, down through uh, Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, up through the Great Lakes, and then around to Wisconsin on the other side. Now I'm from the UP of Michigan, which is up here in this corner. And I tell you what, uh, when I'm up there now, from now on, every time I go up there, I'm going to be looking like you are Wayne. I'm going to be looking in the woods at rocks and all kinds of stuff to see if there's any evidence up there because they would have stopped along their way. They would have continued to make stops because, you know, this is not, this is not a journey that's going to be done in, in a month. You know, this is going to take several years to make this no. journey. I'm going to be looking for my own <laughs> evidence and you'll be the first person that I call. <laughs> well, you, you let me know when you're up there and then I will come up there and meet you because a All friend right. of mine, um, he was, we were talking one day about this and uh, he says, I found some really unusual things in Michigan when I was a kid and he's 67 years old. He says, I can take you back and show you some of these mines. He says, we used to go in and play with them. We didn't know what the stuff was. So you let me know the next time you're up in northern Michigan and I'll bring the beer and we'll sit around and tell some lies. How's that? So all right, sounds great. <laughs> I like that. Sounds good. Well, I mean, th this is an angle that me and Dominic had already talked about, the the sort of the whole Montreal thing. Mm -hmm. Because the French have got an entirely different set of, I don't know if you call them legends or their own bits of history that the 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 fishermen from Brittany were going out to the, the northern cod banks totally independently of the Vikings. I mean more or less the same period, but totally independent. And the sort of there are many kind of theories about how Montreal was founded. 
and that how when you got up to the 18th century in one of the treaties between the British and the French where various territories were ceded and the French were given Montreal and they shrugged the shoulders and said we've been here for 500 years already you can't give it to us so I mean when you start looking at the French angle and some of the French stories it ties up exactly with what you've just said the St. Lawrence River heading heading to the west. Mm -hmm. I mean, although it's a totally different topic, it absolutely blends in. It's the same era, it's the same route. So, I mean, that's something we'd probably want to sort of take a look at anyway, you know, and I mean, from, I don't know, Wayne, you would probably know better than me. There have been other stones and marker stones found in and around the St. Lawrence Seaway over the years that seem to have some very unusual markings on them for something in that area. Yes, yes, there, there have been several things found. Some yeah. amateur archaeologists um, in Michigan, northern Michigan, they they come across what they believe were actually were Templar carvings. Mm. Um, I heard about the story and started doing some research on it. And because they were working for a university, they, they took it back and turned it over to the university, never to be seen from again. Right. But there is, I was able to track down some side stories where um, they mentioned what they had found. And it, it was, it, it all, it's all, it's all coming to fruition. It's all tying in to, mm -hmm. to the Wisconsin side, I believe. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe Montreal is a place to investigate a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And Alessandra, I just seen if she popped up here, she's actually watching right now. So, um, but she's another one, a good one to, uh, to, to, uh, maybe talk to about all this. And she's very familiar, her and, uh, Gretchen are friends. Uh, so they, they communicate quite a bit as well. So, but yes, fascinating, uh, fascinating stuff. And, and again, it's speculation. We don't have any proof of it just yet, but boy, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's one of those things that, it has to be looked into like Hamilton, like you just said, it's something that needs to be looked at to see, you know, and try to disprove uh, mm -hmm. if there's any connection there, if there's any relation to it whatsoever, it has to be looked at. You can't just dismiss it. I don't think anyway. No, certainly not. So It's going to prove something. Well, we're going to find, we're going to get to a destination with it. You know, we don't, we can't prove where, where that, that's going, mm -hmm. but something's going to come out concrete. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Well, gentlemen, I tell you what, um, unless we have any uh, like further things to mention, folks, we are going to be having probably going to be having another uh, follow up to this particular show here um, at some point during the month of May. Uh, we're going to do uh, or in June, uh, we're going to do when we have a little bit more information about what's going on with the, the, uh, the series that they're going to be starting. Uh, and I, I tell you what, I am fascinated by this. I, I am so uh, happy for Wayne, uh, for him to be able to to take this a little further now, much further now. And for you guys, Carl and Hamilton, for you guys yes. to come on board and help them with it, your expertise in this is just going to help bring this to a whole nother level. And I, I tell you, I, I'm and Wayne has actually invited me to come out and <laughs> and check do it and come out yes. and meet. In person, I would love to. Uh, yeah. That's fascinating. I, Absolutely, I, I'm I'm really on board with that. I cannot <laughs> wait. Honestly, um, was there anything more that you wanted to say before we wrap things up? We've been about an hour and a half, and I thought it's about mm -hmm. time to 
I know that uh, Hamilton. I'd just like to thank you for inviting us on. It's, uh, we, we did a show that you didn't make a couple of months ago, and it was really interesting. And it's a, it's a, pr a pleasure and a privilege to speak to you again, Jeff. I, I'm certainly honored to have you guys come on. I really am, all three of you. Um, I really am. It's It's been an honor. And I know on the next one that uh, we'll probably have Sean and probably Gretchen or maybe one of the, as we go along, we'll figure that out as we happen, uh, as we yeah. make arrangements for all of this in the future. But, uh, um, and, and again, more fascinating people to hear their side of all this. Um, but again, I thank you guys so much yeah. for coming on and giving us this information. And hopefully now we are going to begin with this to build some interest for what is happening in Wisconsin. And uh, I tell you yeah. guys, can't thank you enough. Cool. Thank you, yeah. thank you Jeff. And and um, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you, Carl and Hamilton, uh, to lend your helping hand and guide this along. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. No problem. We just need to be able to travel and get on an airplane, then we're right. up and roll them. Then we're away. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. <laughs> cool. Great stuff. You'll have to see Before if you can bring one of those. I was going to say, Carl's going to have to see if he can bring one of those bottles of uh, the, the seven. Are there seven left, or is some of them gone now? You have to see if you can bring one with you. Yeah, think you've got seven, haven't you? <laughs> what are you going to What are you going to have for yourself? That That's just enough for me. <laughs> all right thanks again guys hey folks thanks for being here today and joining us on this adventure and uh i tell you you know more great things to come be watching out here on our youtube channel and our facebook page and over on twitch to see what we've got coming up next to take this story to the next level thanks again guys thanks everybody for showing up here you all have a great rest of your afternoon all right bye-bye nice now. Gents. see you soon